Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. everybody welcome to amigos i'm john and i'm aaron and today aaron we're going to be talking about ballistics Ooh. aaron do you ever come up with new moves when you're toweling off toweling off who yourself oh myself and eh, you know what you can only do so much boat well here's the thing i i noticed and by by i i i mean my wife She's like, your shoulders are never dry when you come out of the shower. And I was like, yeah, because I'm going to bed. You lay down in the bed and you let the bed do the work. Uh-huh. She, she, that didn't, that didn't stand with her. She's like, no, you need, you need to dry your shoulders off. So I came up with this new move where it's like, I put the towel up there and yeah. I give it a little shimmy. And I was like, man, I can't believe I haven't been doing this my whole life. I mean, this is right up there with the towel on the butt doing the twist. It's just like an upper version, and you're sort of around the neck. You know what? What I find odd about that is a man with such slight shoulders as yourself, it seems like the water would almost just pass them by. It does seem that way, doesn't it? I do have very narrow shoulders. You know, when you're doing the towel around the neck thing with the pencil neck, it seems like you could cause so much friction there, you could actually start a fire. Yeah, I wish I had a pencil neck mustache. Well, not the same, but yeah. yeah, that's an odd. Now, what brings that to mind, if I may ask? Well, we're talking about ballistics. Yeah. What's the, I don't get it. I I, I, I just want to, I, sometimes Aaron, I just want to talk about what's going on in my life. I want to get real with you in the way that that girl in that song uh, with, with, uh, with uh, the, the Amish paradise turning around the chair and talking real. That's sort of the way that I view the beginning of this podcast. Talk about Florence um, Anderson. She was from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, she played the chick in Amish Paradise that was in the chair that turned it around. Oh, okay. Didn't then you yes. know that, did you? No, because it's Weird Hour related. You know, let's talk about Florence Henderson for a minute while we're on the subject. Okay. Have you ever seen the uh, Paul Lind Halloween special? I don't know who Paul Lind is. Yes, you do. He was the center square on Hollywood Squares. I believe we oh, were yeah. Say, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, she was one of the many guests on that show. Since it is October, the season to watch the Paul Lynn Chris, uh, Halloween special is upon us again. And if you look at the who's who on that uh, special, you got Florence Henderson, who uh, sings on that. She, a lot of people don't realize she could sing, dance, and act. She was a triple threat, boat. Yeah, you, guys, you, you don't really see any of that on her, on the Brady Bunch. No, not really. Did she? Well, I mean, they did have a band. And then yeah. you got uh, you've got uh, Tim Conway's on there. You know, he's great. You've got Witchy Poo. You got the Wicked Witch of the West on there. Both of them. I think that's the only time they were ever together. What uh, year did on, this on come screen. out? Oh gosh, I can't tell you the exact year. Boat. Uh, you was also, it in the sixties? No, I think it was in the early seventies. You okay. also got this is the first television appearance of Kiss. Oh, they do they okay. do two nu- two or three numbers on there, including Beth. Everyone loves Beth. It's that's got the a Halloween one, right? vibe to it. I think they do Detroit Rock City, Beth, and Rock and Roll on I think they do a, a triple That's on there. That's a pretty good set. And then, of course, you've got the legendary Paul Lind, who I, I love that guy. He was always one of my favorites, so you got him in there. 
so if you're going to catch something with Florence Henderson, aside from the Weird Al video, I suggest celebrating the Halloween season with the Paul Lind Halloween special. You can find it on YouTube. It's worth a watch. Cool, cool. Well, Aaron, I'll tell you what else is worth a watch. What's been going on over at everythingamiga.com this week? Something. <laughs> Something's <laughs> been going on there. And it is our good buddy. You know, you know you've made it, both. You know when you know you've made it? You've got a professional writer and a seasoned author who's writing on your page. And here it comes. Our good buddy Jack Flack, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Rob O'Hara, has put up part two of his Amiga Memories uh, segment that he was writing. Now, I, I read this through, and I, it's one of the things he picked out because he was like, he came to the Amiga a lot like myself. He, uh, he, went, from, uh, he went from the C64 to a PC and then sort of detoured into the Amiga years later. And I came from the Coco to the PC and sort of detoured into the Amiga. But uh, there, we, there are striking similarities how we got here. And one of the things that got us here was the amazing and stunning revelation that you could play Dragon's Lair on a home console, or home system computer. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. And sure enough, that's he mentioned that too in his article. He also mentions Walker and uh, Pinball Dreams. Good stuff from the Flaxster. Uh, if you want to read the second part of his Amiga Memories uh, contribution... And I suspect we will get uh, many, many more contributions in the near future. But we got a lot of we got a lot of good writers amongst our buddies. Yeah, so man, it's yeah. awesome. It's awesome and stuff. I, I've got to say, you know, I went back and I watched this since Flack uh, embedded it in there, and it is uncanny. I mean, when you talk about what else was available for home systems at the time in terms of Dragon's Lair ports, you know, you had that awful NES port. You know, various adaptations of Dragon's Lair. This was the arcade game. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> I remember seeing that. I was like, man, that's that's it. It's funny because years before, the word on the street was that the the, the console that was going to get Dragon's Lair was going to be the Coleco because mm -hmm. Coleco had worked hard on a peripheral to play uh, Laserdisc games. It just didn't happen. You know, uh, they did have a Laserdisc or they did have a Dragon's Lair came out for the uh, Coleco Atom. Uh, but it's nothing like this. It's it, although it's better than the Nintendo version. That's for darn sure. Yeah. You know, before we move on from this, Flack mentioned something in his article. I wanted to touch on. He was talking about owning a C sixty four during the early days of DOS, and mm -hmm. and how the C sixty four crushed DOS uh, because DOS had CGA or or maybe even Hercules, and DOS had no you know music. Mm -hmm. DOS was crap, you know, in the, in the day, right, and. and but he said uh, the the dirty little secret is you, you could upgrade a DOS machine, and you can't. Of course, you couldn't really upgrade a C sixty four or a Coco, not to the extent that you can a DOS machine with a video card and whatnot. And <clears throat> it's funny that was as simple as a concept as that. It was sort of a startling revelation to me uh, back when I was younger to see the PC uh, c catch up and eventually pass uh, even like the Coco, which I mean the Coco used to crush the PC in the old days, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and then it's funny one day you wake up and you have switched sides boat and now you are a PC owner, no longer a, uh, owning one of these other machines. I remember that, uh, that was a weird feeling uh, when I finally got my first DOS machine, but just something he mentioned here. I thought was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to check out flax article, as well as the wealth of other long form content, uh, Amiga centric and other system centric, head on over to everything Amiga.com. 
Aaron, it's been a banner week for the old YouTube channel. We've had all kinds of great <laughs> stuff, none of which was by me, by the way. This was all <laughs> all the rest it, of it. Folks. Everybody else. <laughs> You're in heaven. Yeah, we had a good week uh, of interesting and diverse things. Let's kick it off, as we always do, with uh, the Brent and yours truly as we uh, toiled on ARG Presents this week. And this week, we find, uh, we rolled another of the uh, locked pieces. It was your your favorite boat, the Atari 1200 XL. And we actually picked up, um, I mean, we lucked into a couple winners here, I think, mm-hmm. in uh, a game called Electrician and NYC, New York City, the Big Apple. This was, uh, this was Bizarro Week, so we picked each other's games. So I picked Electrician for him, and he picked the Big Apple for me. I had played, I had forgotten about Electrician, I'll be honest with you. And when, so it's what I thought, man, this looks great. I'm going to pick this for him. And it, it turns out it is great. I really enjoyed yes. this game. And yeah, this is amazing. Amazing. The Big Apple. I, I swear, I think I saw you play this once. I've seen I think I have. I think I have played this on a yeah. stream before. And uh, uh, this is another game that's, uh, <laughs> it's quite a game, I have to mm-hmm. say. Both these games are uh, very good. And they also accentuate the things that the Atari did well. Uh, very, I, I think the Atari... 8-bits are underestimated in their ability to play really good games and be original. Uh, and uh, these are two great examples. So if you're into that sort of thing, uh, wheel on over and check us out, ARG on the 1200XL. Now, uh, you know, uh, Bo, we're now, we've entered October here, as you know. Mm-hmm. But we just slipped out of Septandy. Yeah. Septandy, the huge internet movement to give coverage to the Tandy line of computers. And I, I'll be darned if I'm going to let Septandy run out unless I get me a little something, something. Mm-hmm. So I told the brim, like, listen, let's let's do it, let's do something. So we did. We did the Coco Show episode 16. We covered the Temple of Rom boat. Uh, in fact, I even heard from the guy that wrote this uh, on the on the uh, radio on the uh, Coco Talk uh, Discord. And he, he was actually surprised that someone covered his game. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was afraid he was just going to kill us. But we, we I like the game. Uh, Temple of Rom is sort of like a, uh, a a scrolling screen version of like Venture. If you remember that mm-hmm. game that was big in the arcades and on the ColecoVision, where it was uh, very well received. So if you're into the Coco or just want to celebrate a system that doesn't get a lot of press, except for maybe here and the guys that were Coco talking. Then go check out uh, Temple of Rom for Coco Show episode sixteen. Uh, now this one, boat, I believe this was a dunk, a dunk joint. Mm. Uh, this next one, Magica for the Commodore Amiga. Have you played this yet, boat? No. In fact, this was the first time that I'd seen it when I watched this video. Yeah, uh, the dunk got the early jump uh, on coverage for Magica, which is a game that uh, is out now. Uh, it's a it's a unique game. Uh, it's a. I, I guess it, would you say this is a a, a homebrew title that from? I mean, it just came out like a couple days ago, right? This, this was originally an Amstrad CPC game. I'm reading yeah, from yeah. the the video description here. So this is a. I guess uh, maybe there was an Amiga version in development that is just now seeing the light of day, or maybe this was a port. It says it was converted by Andy Noble, and uh, this was just released. I think this past week. So yeah. it looks really good. It's it's very bubble bobble esque. Yeah. Although there it, are there are yeah. there are no bubbles, it's a single screen platformer. I guess it, it may be more like a Parasol Stars. Um, it's sort of the uh, the characters remind me of a of a Nintendo game called Mendel Palace, 
although this is a different viewpoint. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to knock the enemies against the wall. You know, you shoot them with your your wand and then you knock them against the wall and then they they disappear. You move through the stages. I love single screen platformers, so I'm yeah, definitely going to check your this alley. out. Yeah. By the way, Dunk does say that this was an Amstrad game, but it was released in 2018. Oh, okay. 2016. So this is a this is a port of a newer Amstrad game. Pretty cool. Yeah. So thanks for the info, the Dunk, and well done. Dunk did a great job on this. Um, Boat, getting back to Septandy, you had to get you a little something. You I were, could not also, let me and Britt have all the fun. Tell us what I could you also I could also not let Septandy pass me by. That's right. Um, especially because of the plethora of gifts that I received from uh, the our listener Rob, uh, who uh, tuned in for the International Computer Club last week, and I guess Aaron uh, did me a solid, and all of a sudden, uh, thanks to Rob Inman, uh, I came home to a, uh, a switcheroo unit, which allows you to uh, uh, do uh, Coco uh, RGB to SCART, a SCART to HDMI converter, a bunch of different miscellaneous cords, a power strip, everything I needed to get this thing running in RGB, glorious RGB. You know, Aaron, I've always been a fan of RGB on the Coco <laughs> since day one. You know, and no one has bad mouthed. R- the only thing you hate more than RGB is AGA. You bad mouth <laughs> that. How many times have you told me I'm never doing this? So when you actually did it and then you loved it, I was so happy. <laughs> well, it's 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 a, it, what I discovered was is that sometimes you just need to let go of your old prejudices. And, <laughs> and, uh, is that what you discovered? <laughs> and my old, you know, my prejudice was against playing classic systems with real hardware on an LCD monitor. Uh-huh. And uh, it turns out it's not so bad. No. It's not so bad. Oh, no. And, uh, and I was able, this was an all RGB stream. Again, you know, Curtis helped me out with the choice of games. Well, we played some Digger 3. We played the Holiday Preview, which I, I actually believe is the ultimate version of Digger 3. I've always said that the Holiday Preview is the sort of magnum opus version of Digger 3. All the later releases sort of went downhill. Um, and we played a little bit of Pac-Man. The Pac-Man, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Transcode? It's sort the, of I, like... This is the first time I'd seen this. Very impressive boat. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I would have. I, I wish that they just could have like shrunk down the screen, kept the aspect ratio, and 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 shrunk down the screen because the scrolling is the only thing that I thought was a little bit distracting. I thought the scroll was good. It was I mean, you like the I scroll? Mean, I thought it was as good as you could possibly be. Well, yeah. I, really I mean, but if it. you can choose between a great scroll and no scroll on Pac-Man, you're going to go no scroll oh, all no, day. No, I'm going to go a great. I'm going to go a great scroll because it, yeah. it's not a vertical monitor. You can't get Pac-Man if unless you want to shrink it down. I mean, this, listen, man, this I'm playing on good. an LCD. This thing, I can flip it over to Tate mode like nobody's business. Oh, they should have included yeah. that feature in the transcode. Oh, give me a Get break. on it, the Coco You're so does. jealous. You're so jealous of the Coco to success. Just tell everyone how great this is. So anyway, I, I went through here. I played Photon, which I think is Curtis's favorite Coco original game. I played Super, or it's not Super Sprint, but it's a Super Sprint clone. It no, was garbage. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, it was garbage. Oh. And then we we finished things up with some Xenix and Gantlet, Aaron. Gantlet. You know, I'll tell you something. Xenix looked uh, way better on the RGB. It does. It really I mean, looks great like, on it the looked, RGB. It looked good before, but it looked like a million bucks on the RGB. And Gantlet looked pretty good, too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun. It's always a good time playing Coco. I love the Coco. And uh, playing it in an RGB is going to be the way that I play it from now on. I'm never going back to the CRT with the Coco. You're such a it, cool guy now. Look at you. I, I never am. thought I'd see the day. And on original hardware, if I had a nickel for every time you told me you were done with original hardware and you were never getting <laughs> RGB, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> All right, Aaron, we got one more video on here, and it yes, comes to do. us from who? Our boy, our good buddy, the Flaxster, Jack Flack, a.k.a. Rob Flack O'Hara, with Sprite Castle plays Bounces. Now, I've never heard of Bounces, Boat. I'll tell you. I have never. It's another one. He digs these things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because last time it was Mancopter. This time it's Bounces. And this is the this has got to win the award as the wackiest thing I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> if you haven't played this game, Bounces, it's a sword fight. Combined with highlight between two, between a knight versus a Viking, each of which has a, a an elastic band strapped to their belt and attached <laughs> to the wall behind them, I, it's as goofy as it sounds. I mean, it is the goofiest game I've ever seen, but it looks kind of fun. I'll be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's so strange. But if but uh, Flack plays this for a good while. If you want to watch him, uh, it's a Sprite Castle plays. And if you want to catch the uh, the uh, podcast about this, he that just came out along. We should also mention uh, that we that the, our buddies over at Pixel Gaiden just released their their podcast dropped just like two days ago as well. So on our on the Amigos Retro Gaming Stream, uh, you can check all those out. Boat all kinds yeah. of glorious goodies. All right, Aaron. <clears throat> Speaking of glorious goodies, get ready for the robot. Hold on a second before you get to the robot. You what? forgot one thing. Listen, man, you you can't rewind the robot. Okay, well, but before you, what happened this week on this week at Retro Boat? Oh yeah, remember that should, show? We should, we should probably talk about that because <laughs> it was a good one this week. Very thought provoking. You know, this week Neil and I went over uh, the, what we consider to be the the top headlines in the retro world, and the number one story, Aaron, was a a, a place that I've actually been to before. This was Sega Building Two. In Tokyo, in Akihabara, uh, it closed its doors. This is one of these iconic retro gaming monuments in uh, in Tokyo. Uh, floor after floor of arcade games and crane machines and all kinds of that stuff. Mm. Apparently, the audience for that is dwindling. Really? Maybe maybe Sega is looking to uh, raise some more cash. Uh, for whatever reason, they have closed this down, and it's it's a very sad day. I found your conversation about visiting uh, your trip to Tokyo, that area, very interesting. Uh, super potato and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You hear about these places, but it's kind of neat to hear from someone that's firsthand. Yeah. And I guess when you were there, the prices were pretty darn reasonable, yeah? It was amazing. I mean, everything yeah. was super, super cheap. And like I said on the show, what I've heard is that the uh, owners have caught on to the fact that everybody was coming from America and loading up and going back and, mm-hmm. and reaping the profits. Uh, and so they've raised prices accordingly. So maybe the, the scene isn't as good as it used to be, but there's still, I'm sure, tons and tons. There's tons of stuff that I bought over there that I have still never seen for sale here. So that's the kind of thing that can only last for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, you know, you when you've ran through all the rummage sales and then you've ran through all the swap meets and then you've ran through the eBay uh, and then you're and now it's so the next thing in the line is the cheap imports on stuff. And before everything evens out, which is effectively what happened. So it's kind of sad that that went away. 
but uh, I'm sure it's much like yard sales and and uh, goodwills and stuff. Every once in a while over there, you could probably still catch a bargain. But it's a sh- I hope with the the whole the whole area doesn't just go away. I can't imagine that. I mean, video games are still really popular here. I'm assuming they're still really popular there. Yeah. And retro gaming was retro gaming. I mean, that was a pretty big deal in Japan, wasn't it? Bo? Oh yeah, absolutely. And the thing is like Japanese people in general take meticulous care of their games. So whenever they, they would trade in a game or sell a game back to a shop, it would always, always come with the cardboard box and the manual and all the inlays and everything like yep. that. So you can buy, carts complete for what we'd pay for loose carts here just because they're so commonly found complete so it's it's a totally different scene and uh, i was lucky to go with a guy that was actually living in japan he was in the navy band and he was stationed over there and he was like well this this place is cool but i'll take you to some place that's a little off the beaten path it was called hard off book off yeah and uh this place was where you got the real deal so uh so i was very lucky to be able to to make that trip it's hard to believe it's been over 10 years since hard I was off there. book off hard off book off was yakov smeared off the owner <laughs> that's a lot of <laughs> off in so. there <laughs> <laughs> uh we also talked about uh a new turbo graphics 16 game aaron that's called yes jessica yeager in cleopatra's curse yeah, this is actually developed by one of our Discord buddies, Kit. He's got a buddy yes. that is developing this game. Have you have you looked at this at all? I haven't looked at it. No, but I, I saw him talk. I saw you guys talking about it in Discord. Yeah, it's it's awesome. A, it's a Metroidvania game, but it's got this Egyptian, you know, Indiana Jones motif. I think it's going to be a big hit. Of course, it's already reached its goal. If you're interested in getting, they they're making a TurboGrafx 16, a Super Graphics CD, and a uh, Genesis version, Mega Drive version. So uh, you can check that out if you are interested. Uh, we also talked about uh, Ken Ken Johnson, I think is his name, the the guy from Sierra. He's written a new tell all book about the fall of Sierra Online, which is one I guess the greatest, the biggest fraud story in video game history in terms of financial losses and stuff like that. So uh, I, I'm always interested in postmortems, you know, watching a company, a once great company uh, come to its end. So I'm going to be checking that out. We also talked about the uh, the XP leak. Uh, Windows XP, the source code is now yeah, freely available on the Internet. It? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what com- becomes of that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was This Week in Retro, hosted by me and Neil, a.k.a. RMC. You can check that out over on the This Week in Retro YouTube channel or through your favorite podcatcher. Aaron, now, the robot's already, he's already come and gone. The gamble train's already halfway down the road. That's we got to just jump right in here in the news. Uh, so let's start off by talking about something I just love talking about, and that's Doom Clones on the Amiga. <laughs> There's nothing I like more than another go. Doom clone on the Amiga. You're back in your element, boat. Go to work. Um, so this is actually pretty cool, though. I must admit, uh, this is. Um, there's a team that is converting this thing for the Amiga, and John Sarkis, Sarkiris from Pixel Glass, which is a pretty big developer, has joined the team uh, to bring new graphics to the project. And uh, this is a development video. And I guess this this is is called Dread, and um, clever. And I get it. Basically, uh, they show the before and the after of like the old weapons and the new weapons, and they take you through all the different sprites. And some of these, I mean, you it's a real, real improvement uh, over the original. So not only they're aiming to to port Doom to the Amiga, but they're aiming to graphically enhance it in a way that is still, you know, uh, loyal to the source material. 
Have, so. they, have they mentioned the uh, system is going to require to play this game? I think you probably need about an 080 with about 16 gigs of RAM <laughs> to make this thing gonna, go. You need triple AGA me- mega memory of doom. Y- yeah, uh, you need a, you need you need a, a dual ombre uh, graphics card to make this thing work. But <laughs> we'll uh, it will be interesting to see what comes of this. Uh, I think it's been in development for quite a while, so uh, we'll we'll definitely stay on it as development continues. Aaron, mm. next up. Uh, there is a new director's cut, an extended remix of Viva Amiga. Aaron, do you remember this this movie, Viva Amiga? I sure did. I, I did watch that back when it, you know, not right when it came out, about a, six months later, I think I, I caught it. Yeah, this was originally, the running time was about 64 minutes. Mm-hmm. The extended remix, Aaron, clocks in at two hours and 20 minutes. Holy so it's almost four times as long. This is like all of the all of the footage they had on the cutting room floor. That actually sort of worries <laughs> me. When you've, got, when you've doubled and, and, and again your video, it may, and, <laughs> we're going to be listening to like the, the great music makers or, or programmers talk about what they had for lunch. Like mm. where, what color the car is? <laughs> hey man, some people dig that stuff. Some people want to know what color Dave Haney's car is. So, I, well, Dave Haney, sure. You know. Let them live their life. Viva Amiga is available. This is available to rent for six ninety nine. You can buy it for twelve ninety nine. The extended director's cut. This is available over on Vimeo, and you can check the link on our show notes to to get to that. I liked I liked Viva Amiga. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I thought that this was one of the better Amiga documentaries that we've seen. Next up, Aaron, we've there's been all this talk about people uh, opens making open source recreations of Amiga boards. We've seen this with the 500. We've seen this <laughs> yeah. with the 1200. Now it's time for the 2000 to join the fray, Aaron. So this is a uh, a link to a GitHub page that has the uh, entire board laid out. So I guess the hope of this is that you uh, you know for the hobbyist out there, you 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 print yourself a PCB board, you go to the place that Neil recommends PCB uh, way, PCB way. And you you tell them, Hey, you know, make this thing up for me and send it to me. Then you get your three or 4,000 resistors and various wires. You harvest your chips Mm -hmm. from uh, Amigas with dead boards, and then you put it all together and then it doesn't work. That's that's usually how it's skilled. They could probably pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is, uh, you know, I think that these types of projects are really cool because it does call to mind the old Heath kit sets of old, you know, when you used to build everything from a kit. Yeah. And uh, this is this is sort of the modern equivalent of that. And you have something actually useful uh, at the end of the day to an Amiga 2000 that you have built from scratch yourself. Pretty cool. You know, it reminds uh, me of the uh, we just did a, on ARG. We did a uh, show on the NASCOM uh, mm-hmm. one and two, which were. Uh, British uh, kit computers from the late seventies, and I remember that they there were uh, each each one of these things had three thousand solder points on it that you had to solder in. Wow! Now, I don't know how many this would have. It could have more. We don't know. The difference on this is going to be you're going to be harvesting parts. That that part right there is the part that scares me. Mm-hmm. I would be all for like putting together one of these things, but. The idea that you're going to pull parts off of a, uh, you know, allegedly a bad board or whatever, you know, I don't know, man. I, that part worries me. But I mean, I, people braver than me are doing it successfully. So more power listen, to Listen, listen. I've read all those comments on Gary Hucker's video. I know how to remove a capacitor from a board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary knows. That's for darn sure. 
All right, Aaron, our final story is a new PDF magazine that is Amiga. It's sort of Amiga. It's Commodore and Amiga based. This is a magazine called RevNGE, which stands for Retro Emulator Vision and Game. Wow. This thing comes straight out oh, yeah. of Itali, Aaron. Yeah. This is a, a dual release in Italian and English. And uh, I was paging through this before the show started. And uh, one of the first reviews, one of the first uh, reviews that shows up uh, on this one, bar games, Aaron. They, yeah. they take a look at bar games, your favorite. I bet they dig it, too. One of these days, you'll do that part, too. Now, hasn't this been around for a while, this magazine? Because I, I know I've yeah, seen this, it referenced many, many times. This is number 114, so yeah. they've been around a while. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've actually looked at this over the years. Uh, mm. It's it's a good, it's it's interesting. I, I enjoy it. You know, I I try to dip my toe in many a pool to, to get mm-hmm. the facts, but... Yeah, man, I know, I know. Well, that's going to wrap things up for the Amiga News this week. A little bit of a slow week for Amiga News, but um, next week I'm sure things are going to come back hard and heavy. But it's probably a good thing that it's a short week for Amiga News because it's about time we talk about ballistics. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it starts time. It's time. <laughs> it is the so, 90s, and it's time that's right. for ballistics. So, you know... Here we have Ballistics Boat. Now, uh, this is a game I had played and heard of before, uh, Boatster. And I'm, have you ever had a cup of coffee with this one? No, never. No, it's first your first look. So I would have been. I mean, I would have been so turned off by the cover art alone that I never would have played this well, game. Oh, we're gonna get to that cover art, Boat. Don't worry about that. So this came out uh, in 1989, Boat, on a disc. And it was published by Cyclops, uh, which is the, I think this is sort of the budgety arm of Psygnosis. Yeah, this uh, was a budget title. The, the, they were respond under this publish uh, name uh, on the Amiga. You got Anarchy, Ball, Captain Fizz, uh, Matrix, Marauders, and Menace. Uh, you know, first there was Menace. Uh, you also got Nevermind, Spellbound, and Strix. Now, I have played Ball, I've played Anarchy, I've played Menace. And so th- this is sort of their lower end stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, uh, this was developed by Reflections Boat. Now we just covered. The hey, report. he's he's in the chat right now. Who's that? Reflection. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> what were you thinking? But uh, this was developed by Reflections. Now, Boat, I'm going to tell you something. We have completed the Reflections. We've covered every game they ever made on the Amiga. This is uh, it, huh? This so, is the and final I was gonna, one. We'll get to, after this is over. I'm going to have you rank these games. Okay. Okay, man. That but sounds they, good. They did. I'm going to here. I'm going to tell you what they are, so you'll know. They did okay. awesome, of course. Brian the Lion, uh, Ballistics, and the Shadow of the Beast games. All right. By the way. Uh, just a little food for thought. The, uh, these guys also were, they were also had a hand in doing Driver and Destruction Derby on that PlayStation. Those are, which those is I, Driver I like. the game, the third one, it replaced the E with a three? Uh, I believe you're, yes, I believe so. Mm. But I mean, listen, I don't know if they were in that far in. And I know that the felt, the big guy that put this together, those were his babies. I, I was a big fan of uh, Destruction Derby boat. When that came yeah. out, I know I you like those game. games. Yeah, that was for the Xbox, right? That was for everything, PC, Xbox. I so, remember that 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 infamous episode of uh, ARG presents. That was a different game. It wasn't infamous. Well, that was awesome. Um, the price for this game at launch, boat, a mere twenty pounds. Twenty pounds, boat. I feel like twenty pounds is pretty expensive for a budget release. To be well, honest I, with you, hey, listen, I'm sure it dropped quickly. Um, 
So this was uh, the the people that worked on this were uh, uh, it was coded by Nick Chamberlain, uh, Paul Howarth, and these guys worked on a lot of the uh, reflection stuff. Uh, the concept for this game and the graphics uh, and the music were done by Martin Edmondson. He was the one that also was the guy that was driving force behind Driver and Destruction Derby. Uh, uh, I think his brother Martin or his brother Tony also worked on the graphics. And uh, a fellow named Ray Norrish worked on some of the music as well. Now, the box art for this boat was done by a fellow named Melvin Grant. Right. And that box art uh, is a painting uh, called Steel Czar, and it was originally used for the cover of Michael Moorcock's 1981 novel, The Steel Czar, or mm. Star. It also appeared on the 1987 reissue of uh, Rockarola, the first album by Judas Priest. So there you go. Really? That, yeah. So uh, this guy made bank. The, yeah, according I mean, to the trivia aspects that I found on it, that's what that, I'm coming up with. Oh, I'm sure nobody would lie about a Judas Listen, Priest cover. They will cover. They will lie. They will lie. But anyway, <laughs> this was. The, I guess the bottom line is. I want to talk like a, to you about this cover a little bit. Okay, please. So I saw this may shock and surprise you. It still uh, shocks and surprises me. I watched the new Mad Max movie. I guess it's not new at this point. It's like five. It years does old. shock and surprise me. I haven't seen it, so yeah. There is in one of the dumber scenes of the movie, a, a yeah. movie that was pretty dumb all the way around. It was much heralded. Well, not by me. Mm. Um, there is a guy on the back of a truck that's bungee corded to a truck playing a flaming guitar. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. This is his role in the movie. He okay. just he just he rolls around with the gang playing a flaming guitar bungee corded to a truck. I like that. This guy is right out of that. This I think that this is where that scene came from because this guy, look at that. Is that's a, that is a guitar strapped to his waist, right? I, I yeah, I think so. So this this is it. So I hope that in addition to the Judas Priest cover, the novel cover, and the ballistics cover, he got a little action from Mel Gibson and crew or whoever did Mad Max. It wasn't Mel Gibson, I can tell you that. You know, I, I liked it if it got bungee corded to a. Uh, I mean, it's Mad Max. You gotta have, listen. I, me and Tree were watching this thing on a ha these new haunted houses that are cropping up for October, mm -hmm. and one of them was a zombie land, and it, they have it set up like it's the military leading you through a city, right? To be more realistic, right? And mm. the zombies coming out, but guess what's in the background? Just wailing is some heavy rocks guitar, which makes no sense because why would the military <laughs> be pumping that in just to get you fired up? <laughs> so it's the same thing when you're in a Mad Max where you need that guitar just to get you going. No yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I was just expecting more because people had heralded the cinematography and all. I was expecting yeah, like Lawrence of Arabia. It, yeah. yeah, I mean, it just it, the the and it, you know there were scenes like the colors were really nice. Yeah, but the plot the was just so dumb. What is with you and the colors of stuff? Real life has all the colors, boat. It's a movie. <laughs> it's supposed to have all the colors. <laughs> By the way, you were you expected more and you were disappointed. Keep that mindset as I continue uh, going through this. Uh, so uh, this uh, played on the OCS, uh, no problemo. And <clears throat> as I mentioned, uh, it was it was it came out at twenty bucks. It did get. I looked. I saw three different boxes for this thing. Boat. 
the original cool guy box. All right. Is this the oversized? Yeah. Well, it's not oversized. It's just a normal box. Then I saw the Sizzler box, which is, you know, the, the when this went to cut rate city. Mm-hmm. And then I saw something which was, remember, ever seen one of those things where it's just, it's a, like a jewel case for a disc. And they just oh, yeah. I, I have several of those. I saw that too. So this mm-hmm. thing got the full. It, it, That's it, like it the full on hit squad release. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I, those, and those were out there. So, this game, as I mentioned, this was created by Martin Edmondson, and they worked on this for the Amiga and the Atari ST. I believe this was ported over from the ST. This thing also actually got ported over to a couple other machines. I actually tried one of these boats just to be a, a completist. It got a release on the Electron. Uh, it got a C64 release, a PC Engine slash Turbo Graphics release, and a DOS release. And I actually tried the, the Turbo Graphics release, and I'll explain why in a minute. So, what is this game, uh, Boat? Uh, it starts off. Let me tell you something, uh, brother. You ever heard? <laughs> you ever heard the old saying? You uh, 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 you you know the old lipstick on a pig. You've heard mm-hmm. that, right? I've heard that. This game, they've piled lipstick, mascara, <laughs> like uh, like clown makeup on this pig. They've got uh, uh, the opening of this is awesome. Awesome screen, good music. Then there's this next opening screen that kind of unfurls. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know that? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, isn't it, Boat? That and is then, a it's a it's it's something you would expect from a Cyclops yeah. game. And then uh, there's a third there's a third cool screen. There's three cool screens just to get you going, right? Uh, and then you ha- you get to go to where you start the game. Now, this is a one or two player game, uh, Boat, and the this is basically. Uh, if you think think a big empty room at first with two a goal on, on either side, right, and the the screen scrolls up and down toward either goal, and there's a ball, and your job is to shoot other balls at the main ball to drive the main ball into your opponent's goal. Correct. Okay? When you break the game down, that's what it is. Okay. Uh, now, let's ignore the rest of that. Okay, that's the game. How do you get this over? Because effectively, you're shooting balls at another ball. All right. Well, mm-hmm. here's how you do it. You got to make it as cool guy style as humanly possible. You got flaming crap. You got demons. You got skulls. You got demons coming down, dropping the ball. You got blood. You got every. You get every sort of. You got all kinds of cool. You got all the symbolism. troops. You got it all. Mm-hmm. Boat. Yeah. You got. You have know what that. this reminded me of? It reminded me of that pinball table. That was themed like this too. You know, I, I'm only surprised that there were no upside down crosses. I like that table know. actually way more than this. I, I, I forgot that. Aside from the demon ref, you've got the skull arm that drops the ball in. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy that goes, "Get ready." He talks like yeah. a demon. There's a demon mm-hmm. voice in there. What did you think of the presentation of this thing, boat? To just get it started off. Well, I mean, I'm sure that there is a sizable segment of the market of, you know, 11 to 13 year old boys (laughs) that this appeals to. Yeah. But outside of that segment, um, it is really not attractive. I mean, like, I think everybody goes through a period in their life when they're like, man, my favorite thing to look at is a skull. But that period didn't last particularly long for me. And the problem is, is that even the sort of demonic, um, you know, accoutrement that this game comes with, uh, 
is pretty shoddy in terms of, you know, the presentation, like you've got these demons that are supposedly your audience, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're surrounding the court and they're watching you. They're very quiet and they're very still. <laughs> yeah. I would have liked to have seen those guys move around a little bit. You know, I'd like to hear the ice cream guy, you know, <laughs> give me that. Um, so that's all you need. Right. <laughs> and so it's, I feel like they were going for the theme, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the skull and demons, but they didn't flesh it out and they didn't spend any time making it look particularly good. They couldn't flesh it out. It's skulls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bam. Listen, they went for the, you're right. When you said it, they went for the, uh, teenage angst ridden, the Judas priest fans at the time. Hey, I love Judas priest. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just you got saying, another thing coming. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, and and breaking the law. That's how I acquired this game, breaking the law. Uh, but the the truth of the matter is that they 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 put the makeup on the pig because at the heart of this game, like I said, I'd played this when it came up. I knew I'm like, listen, I'm gonna go into this with an open mind, all right. But in in the back of my open mind, there was a closed mind. It was shaking its fist like this, going no. <laughs> Because I hated this game when I first discovered mm. it. I didn't find it fun at all. Uh, in fact, I found it in, in one-player mode. This is one of the more frustrating one-player games I've ever played. Because when you are when you play two players, two players are shooting their balls at the main ball to score a goal. And so right. you've got something there, okay? When you're playing one-player mode, they just basically tilt the gameplay like so the ball just comes back down. Gravity mm-hmm. affects the ball. Yeah, it's it like pinball. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's basically like a pinball table, but instead of you having um instead of having flippers, you have a movable ball shooter. Yeah, which blows. This the, 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 let's I, mean, I hate that aspect of the game. I would have rather had flippers. I would have had a lot more fun with flippers. They could have made this a two-player pinball game, which exists by the way. Mm-hmm. I would have been down with it, but that's not what they did. But anyway, I don't want to completely bury this thing until I get through it. So you do get- wait, wait, okay. We should we should not go on. I mean, this game is ripping off, totally ripping off another game. Are you going to mention what that game is? Let me talk about the board game Crossfire. Yeah, well, yeah. we I have to talk about because that. people, if you're struggling to picture what this looks like in your mind, picture a Crossfire board except it's square instead of round, and it's got a and mobile turret. <laughs> and, yeah, and and instead of shooting a glaive like object, you're shooting just another ball that looks like your ball. Listen. The glaive wouldn't get anywhere near this thing. There's no. Are you kidding me? Don't even bring the glaive up. Yes, that was. It's funny. I read a ton of reviews of this game, and they all mentioned that game. And I. And it's yeah. funny because and I, I played Crossfire it. when I was a kid. Yeah, I did And too. I loved it. Yeah, it was like hungry, hungry hippos for big kids in, in reverse. Basically. Yeah, in reverse. I yeah. didn't like it that much because it made a mess. But that's just. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I, I I am aware of it, and yes, there there are striking similarities. Uh, so. What do you get when you now again? Not the I don't want to bear this thing because I can see the appeal to some people. So what do you get when you get this? Well, uh, it's not just a big empty arena with a bunch of balls in it. There are levels to this. Uh, there are fifty one player levels and there are eighty two player levels, but eighty of these bad boys. Uh, what do they add? You ask. Well, they add obstacles in the game uh, area. Like what? You got magnets, floors that slope, acid pools hyperspace tunnels, right? There are little mazes that come up. Uh, there, there are things that, uh, like, some of the uh, some of the uh, bouncers have, like, are, like, 
basically bounce your ball in a direction. They'll have arrows that tell you which direction your ball is going to go when you hit it. You know, like a almost like a conveyor belt uh, type thing. So they give you something to do, and if, that's what infuriates me about this game. Think about that. There's 51 player and 82 player levels, and I'll and I can't get past level five or six at the most on one player. And sometimes that's just I get lucky to get that high. Uh, I'll never see those other levels, and the, and I don't want to see them because I, I don't like the 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 concept of using the shooter. I don't like. Now you've got a choice on the shooter. You can shoot from the goal, or you can have the mobile shooter. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it, to me, it didn't matter. I usually, I always went with the mobile shooter. Um, amongst the floor tiles, you you can there are power ups you can get. Uh, stuff like a, like a ball explosion when you get that when it, a bunch of balls appear and go just it's crazy mm-hmm. time. There's also a shield you can get for your goal. Uh, you can also get letters. If you spell out ricochet on the on the board, you get ten thousand bonus points, uh, which is it is what it is. Um, what did you think of the actual gameplay, Boat? Um, this game is really really bad as a one player game. Um, I would have much rather they just made a bot, you know, a, a, a second player AI, comp- you know, opponent for you to play against rather than have this sloping board. Um, I played this a lot. And every time that I scored a goal, I was like, well, I, I did it, you know, but there's no strategy. I mean, it's just like you're you're flailing about you're firing like there's there's no sense that your ammunition is ever running it seemed like whenever i ran out of ammo i just automatically reloaded again you know it's like it's not like you're ever trying to conserve shots um you know whenever i'm playing a game like this i'm i'm trying to think about all the aspects of it of its design so it's like okay in crossfire you know, you 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 never run out of balls because you're you know you you're shooting things and your opponent's shooting things, but you can kind of see how many balls your opponent has, and you can you know shoot accordingly. It's not unlike uh, Penguin Coon Wars on the uh, on on the arcade. Uh, do you, did you guys ever play that in ARG Presents? I don't think so, but I've seen you play it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's the same sort of thing where you you can conserve balls to keep your enemy from having balls, and you can get an advantage. But in the one player game, all that goes out the window. Um, the the tilt mechanic I just found to be really tiresome. I didn't find it to be fun. It's frustrating um, to yeah. me. Yeah, I I just don't know why they wouldn't at least give you an option to play against a computer opponent. And maybe the fact that this is a budget game. You know, they didn't want to spend the time developing AI because this is definitely easier. You know, you just make the physics, make the ball go down. Uh, That's all you really have to do. Um, But now that's the negative. On the positive side, I had a WHD version of this game that allowed me to skip through the levels. And there are tons of really kind of neat uh, level designs. Remember that thing that somebody shared on our Discord a couple months ago, the Yorkshire Olympics or whatever? Where it was like all these bar games? I don't. Okay. Well, there was this thing that somebody shared on our Discord a couple months ago, and it was called the Yorkshire Olympics or something. And it was all these bar games. And oh, you, one mean of the, the, you mean the actual video where they're in the... Yeah, yeah. That was great. I, I love that. I knew if I said it twice, you would remember. No, I, I thought you were talking about a game, but you meant the video. Yeah, that was great. I love that. So this kind of reminded me of a game like that, where you have sort of wacky obstacles on the board. 
and indoor league. Thank you, Mitsuyama. I think Mitsuyama um, actually was the one that shared that. Um, this sort of reminded me of that, where you have these like wacky obstacles that you're supposed to overcome and stuff like that. And I was thinking about, well, what could have just possibly made this game better? And, and I really think that I would have preferred, like you said, just turning this into like a pinball game. Yeah, you know, and having still having the goal at the top, and keep all the obstacles and stuff. That's, yeah, and I keep like all the obstacles the there, ups and stuff. I agree, but That's just losing, yeah, yeah, just losing the movable shooter. I yeah. think that would have, yeah, they had everything they needed except for the fact that they didn't put flippers out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could have put a couple sets of flippers on some, right? You know, mm-hmm. I agree with you on that boat. I will say now. Uh, th- there were a, a lot. You were talking about the number of balls. Well, no, there's a ton of options in this. I want to go through a few up here. So again, you can change wh- how you fire the ball. You can change the ball speed. You can change the number of balls. You can change how quickly they they repeat on shooting. How long they stay on the screen. You can you can uh, how many goals to win. How many games you have to win to finish the set. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you can change. So I like all those options on a game, but but I don't like the game so the options don't mean anything to me uh you were talking about a one-player game i got tipped off that the the uh and and i'd seen it on there but the turbo graphics has this game and it's got a two-player option just like this but it's got a one-player versus computer option yeah okay and i played it okay and i will say the uh the Amiga version stacks up favorably to the Turbo Graphics version, although the Turbo Graphics version replaces the arrow with like a little guy, and it, that will say I like that a lot better. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, the, I'd say the uh, the Amiga version is better. Certainly, Amiga is it the same version. skull and demons motif? Oh yeah, they got all the okay. same crap. Even the you know get ready guy mm-hmm. was there. Uh, the two players on it, it's 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 hard, and it they pretty much crushed me. You know, I had to put it on idiot to, to beat it. Uh, but uh, it's still the same game with two people. I've played this two people before, and I didn't like it then either. It's better. The one-player versus I don't like at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, there's nothing they could do short of putting flippers on that would make me like it. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I can get past the, mo- the the kind of cool guy motif. I right. can get past a lot I mean, of the it, stuff, but it, I can't get past that. told, you can ignore this the, the setting yeah. um, pretty much entirely. Yeah, I agree. And this gets one thing about this that's funny. I, I, every review I read compared this to sp- the Speedball series. All right, and really, this has zero. It, I mean, it has you're in an, an arena and and there's a ball, but I and mean, there's there's two goals, but that's yeah, about that, it. The Speedball like blows this away in every, mm. in, in presentation, oh, yeah. in gameplay, both Speedballs blow this away. And and the main reason is you can play those, <laughs> and they also have more character than this. This is just. I, I like I can I think you sort of nailed it. The, I think this guy had a concept for a game that he thought would be fun. Maybe he borrowed the concept. Maybe he came up with it, and they put it down. And they realized, listen, what we've got here, we're not going to be able to charge Shadow of the Beast prices. Of course, Shadow of the Beast wasn't around. We're not going to be able to charge the big money. Let's put this out as a budget title and try our luck. And as a budget title, if you look at it, let's pretend this is a a, a budget title of say I don't know five pounds or 10 pounds, you know, forget the 20 mm-hmm. at that point, you may have something if you're yeah, in, if I you agree. Just like the gameplay, but if at, for 20 pounds, that's, I think that's too much. And even really, I wouldn't play this at any, this is a game, you know, we've played a lot of games here. that I really <laughs> like, and I haven't buried a game for a while, but this game is as close as I'm going to come to burying something. I don't like it. And I love reflections. You know that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love these guys. 
but this one didn't do it for me. And I never liked it when I was younger, and I liked it less now. The one-player mode, again, it just, it not only is it not fun, but it actually makes me upset, angry. Because mm. the getting the ball up the play field is so excruciatingly difficult. And mm. the, and the the the, uh, the way you use the balls to maneuver the other ball, it's just dumb. I'd rather yeah. have been bullets or anything else. I don't want to shoot balls at another ball unless I'm playing billiards or, or pool or, or uh, you know, snooker, snooker. something yeah. like that. That's just me. Any closing thoughts on this one? I agree with you. Um, I think that the the concept is just not not very good. Um, and I think that these guys, they had to have been inspired by Crossfire. And they thought, well, you know, we should make it different. Because I can see the argument, too, against having an AI opponent. Maybe they were like, hey, we're going to mix it up. And we're going to make the one-player game just a different game. But like you said... Shooting a ball with another ball is not cool. Like you gotta, you gotta make that ball like make it look like a D twenty. Remember that game for the GameCube, Odama? I don't. You I, control a big head. Oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. The like name. that's what I would have liked to see. Like we're freaking talking in Demon Land here. Where's my rolling? Skull. Yeah, where's my rolling skull? What was you the, know? What was that football game we played? Where they wasn't there a skull as a football, and it was like mutant maybe like brutal, brutal league football. Brutal yeah. League. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. those guys had see that had style. Again, I saw what they were going for here, but this is like budget version of that. They yeah, just, and it's a static thing. Thumbs down, but on this one for me, if I if I gave a review, what does it look like in the land? Oh, let me give the other reviews. Okay, uh, lemon, and you know lemon boat, you love them. They gave this the old six point two boat. Mm, they weren't infatuated with this one. Amiga Pyre, as they say up in the hills, uh, gave this one fifty one percent. See you, Amiga. Drop the hammer, sixty percent. Uh, St Amiga format number. Uh, excuse me, they didn't score it. The Games Machine, 84%. They were the ones that liked it the most. The One, 64%. And your Amiga, 80% both. So this got not did not get big scores, yeah, which is yeah. good. It's renewed my faith. I was I was hoping Amiga Joker to cover this one, but they probably <laughs> couldn't score it. It was so low on their scale. They just, the magazine was They don't burned. give out Zs, yeah. How do we do a Discord on this boat? Did anybody brave it and try it? Yeah, man, we had a couple of reviews this week. Frodo NL writes, Wow, this takes me back to the times when I would be at my best friend Robert's place playing Crucifer, which is Crossfire. Yeah. He had the German version yeah. in his bedroom. Nice music on the intro and menu screens. Such a shame that we had to make two with the not very impressive sound effects while playing. I will say that, yeah, the sound effects are not good in this game. No. Um, graphics are rather basic. Given that this was developed for the ST and the Amiga, that isn't a big surprise. The biggest disappointment, though, is the way the one-player mode is implemented. Playing against gravity is just not as fun as playing against an opponent. Playing against a friend can be a lot of fun, but if all possible, I would suggest playing the PC Engine or Turbo or PC Engine Turbo Graphics 16 conversion, which adds a one-player versus the computer option and has in-game music. Six out of ten from Frodo and Ellen. He also he also notes that if you want an e- a version that is more limited but also easier to play, go for the BBC Micro version. Interesting. I wonder what that looks like. I'll have to check that out. Pixels at Dawn writes. What a peculiar game. A combination of bar billiards. There we go. Air hockey, pinball, and speedball. It looks pretty nice and is actually good fun once you get into it. I can imagine it would be more fun multiplayer because while I enjoyed the single player, I can't see me coming back to it over and over again. Not going to win any awards, but there's a decent score attack challenge in this one. Going to have a blast on it in a 
going one to have a blast on in a quiet 10 minutes, 6.5 out of 10. I think that I, I, I don't hate this game as much as you do, Aaron, because it is sort of unique. Um, you know, there's not a, a lot of games that are like this and I give it, I give it points for that. Um, it's not a great game. It's not a bad game. I think that I would, I would, I'd probably go with picks. I'd give it a 6.5. And remember in England, 6.5 is not failing. It's not like it is here where you get an F if you get a 65. You know, I was watching the, look at the chat room while you were speaking there. And a lot of people bring this up, but it's true. If you look at this game, like in a vacuum, okay, it scrolls smoothly. There's a lot of motion on the screen. You could tell the guys over there knew how to code. They knew how to make things nice and smooth. Everything on it's got that demo group feel to it, like a lot of their stuff does. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the the balls. The, oh, by the way, also, I forgot to mention this. The... Uh, uh, the the gravity the the ball physics they also suck horror they're they're garbage I don't like those either that that pinball dreams I, has got no worries because the, I, I don't know I no, mean I the feel ball like do the, all kinds of weird stuff yeah. there's a there's a key in there there's a key in the instructions in case the ball gets stuck that's the pinball thing this if this had had flippers you might have had something but like I said with all that cool demo group stuff they threw in it didn't it didn't do it for me man now. Before we move off this boat, it's time for my, I want to hear this, the Reflections, ranking of the Reflections games. There's not that many. Right. It's going to be easy for you. Let me go over them one more time. Counting today's offering, Ballistics, you've got Ballistics, Awesome, Brian the Lion, and the Shadow of the Beast series. How do you put these from worst to best? Uh, Brian the Lion's definitely the best. That's the only game that I would voluntarily play at any point. Okay. So I've got to put that first. Second is probably Awesome. Because awesome, though not an awesome game, still gives you various gameplay modes uh, that are fun, and I could make progress in awesome. Uh, third is Shadow of the Beast. Shadow of the Beast is uh, it's iconic, and um, I feel like given time, you know, once you once you basically memorize the levels, you can make your way through it. Uh, ballistics has got to be dead last on the list. Uh, this one I just didn't have that much fun with. So you're grouping all the Shadow of the Beast together. I, I to be honest with you, I haven't played enough of Beast Three yeah. to uh, to because I know that one's totally different. Yeah, so I'd I, have to go back and see. I will. My list is similar. I would have Awesome number one. I liked it more than Brian the Lion, but I like Brian the Lion. I'd have it number two. I would have Shadow of the Beast Three at number three. Ironically, Shadow of the Beast One would be or Shadow of the Beast Two would be at number four, and Shadow of the Beast the original would be the last one. And it's strictly on the basis that it's. <laughs> Uh, 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 in Cossigal. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I like yeah. the, oh, the ballistics would be at the very bottom. I hate it the most of all of them. So, yeah, there you go. There's there. If you ever wonder how we thought about reflections, and I love reflections, but this, this was a misfire. Get it? I get it. I'm I out. get it, man. Let's talk a little bit, Aaron, about the uh, new high score challenge that we've got going on right now. It is pinball illusions, yeah. Aaron. I'm in it. I I'm in it. I know you've been dying for a pinball uh, yeah. high score challenge to come up. This is the law and justice table, which this is um, one I played a lot, to be honest with you, but I've been playing it a lot this week. This is uh, it's we, we've had more entries, I think, in this competition than any any so far. So it's a growing competition over yeah. on our discord channel. Mitsuyama has taken what may be an insurmountable lead at 850 million. Oh, he's got four times what I, my best score so far. Oh, not yeah. three and a half times. Um, He's got your isn't your high score 135,000? No, no, I've scored higher than I just haven't submitted another one yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, 
uh, Hasifa next in second place and Barkbit in third. Although we've still got lots of folks in it, yeah, and we got lots of time too. This this closing isn't until towards the end of October, Aaron. So we both have plenty of time to polish up our scores. Uh, I know I plan to do a little bit better on this one as well. I'm getting better. Uh, I'm going to be up in there before it's all said and done. But mark my words. I also wanted to give everybody a quick uh, update on our Spectrum High Score Challenge. Uh, This week, uh, which is going to run until, not this week, so for the next two weeks, is going to run until October 18th. Uh, This is uh, a game called Penetrator. Sounds uncomfortable. Sounds a bit Uh, rude, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, And um, I don't know anything. I have not tried this out. I just saw this pop up today. Uh, So I don't know anything about Penetrator, but if you want... If you want to jump on and uh, post your high score, head on over to the Discord channel and do so. And we want to thank uh, both uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, and Frodo NL for running our high score challenges. All right, Aaron. Uh, we should probably, as we move on through this, we should wish a very happy birthday to the one and only Neil, a.k.a. RMC, Getting it done. Your boy. Uh, getting older. Our boy. I think he hit the big four uh, O boat. That's we'll right. Say that. The big four O. I'd love to hit that again. Uh, it was 20 years ago. It's hard I'll to believe. I'll take off. I'm going to hit <laughs> um, something here in a minute. We also want to thank uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, for choosing Ballistics, suggesting it to the Amigos Game Selection Committee and I for the Amigos you. Game Selection Committee for voting on it. Uh, next week, Aaron. Actually... I'm not sure if that's true. I'm not sure if Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, suggested that or not. I think that I messed up something his name on the, the document. Um, we're going to have to check with the chat here to see if that's correct, because uh, I, I, I think I've messed up the, the notes here. Uh, if if, so, if picks, if you could tell me who who actually... Okay, that is right. Thank you. Oh, no. So our next, uh, our next game... I'm always afraid because Paul gets so many. He gets so many picks on the AGSC. When somebody He's, else gets a pick, I always, uh, I always think I, I, I want to make sure I get him. So next week, a rare misfire, Paul. This is this is a game that we both own boxed copies of, thanks to Roshi. Okay, we're going to be playing. It's platformer week on Amigos, and we're going to be playing Trolls. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. We do have that one. Quite an infamous title. Quite an infamous title. Um, I want to thank everybody that supports Amigos on uh, on uh, the Twitch, as it's called. You can subscribe to the Amigos on Twitch if you have Amazon Prime. Faux free. It costs you nothing. It gives us something. Uh, you can do that, or you can just uh, you know subscribe through the normal way, and uh, it really helps helps our channel, keeps us on the air. I want to thank all those fine folks right now. Uh, still adolescing, Chris Folds, Byte Links, The Slow Norse, Memories of a Spectrum Gamer, Roshi, MSX, Wing Chun Wolf, Jost80, Gary Heather, Lamatsa, Amigo Live, Frodo and L. Buck Owens, Great Owl G., Retro Jerry, David Zainaz, Jigglebox, Christian Russell, Pints and Amiga, and Mitsuyama. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on Twitch with your subscriptions. Aaron, we had no Patreon song challenge last week. Getting through I that know, song was a challenge. Oh, man. Oh, you didn't sing I, last week. I, did, I didn't sing. Yeah, I didn't sing yeah. last week. It was amazing. Not singing it. I realize just how many names there are on the list. Because when I'm singing, I'm trying to get through the song in my own special we way. Are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. This week, Aaron, 
you're in for a real aural treat. That's a U R A L. Um, what a, what a different have, way with that. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a new performance from the one and only Patreon band. The Patreon band is made up of Pixels at Dawn on lyrics, on vocals, on the Vox. We got Refi, aka Reflection, Rock and the guitar, the lead guitar. Paul Bossman, you know, Northern Ireland's crown jewel, transplanted to Norway and a feat of Viking theft. Um, <laughs> he's on the drums and I'm playing bass. So we hope you enjoy this Patreon song. If you uh, get the name of the song, uh, you can send it to me at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as a winner on next week's show. Alien breeder. They find lots of rats and cowbird boy, lane dancer, rootlets and giant Find the bass, Rouchy Bodo, and Soulizer. Tech Mage, Jurgen Mr. Covert. Reflection Commodore Kids I'm a ledge Captain Crispy Kilobytes And caffeine Free lunch Gary Heather And Jones Take five
uh, like I said, if you know the correct answer, and I do want to thank the Patreon band. Uh, a lot of work goes into these songs. Uh, that's why we only put one out about once every two months. Uh, and uh, especially um, uh, picks for working out those vocals to make them line up exactly right. It's totally the opposite of what I do. Um, and I want to thank uh, Martin Rail Refi. Uh, reflection for uh, doing the final mix on the audio. He did a great job hey, mixing nice it all together. Work, Not dude. to mention, those guitar parts are nothing easy, man. Uh, and he's playing note for note what's going on. So, uh, nah, good job, guys. I can good crush job. this in rock band, but how hard can it be on a real guitar? <laughs> all right. Uh, before we go, I would like to uh, recognize everybody that's hanging out with us live you know we, we've we've got a, a great group of folks that usually come out with us in the chat on friday nights uh and uh i'd like to tell you who they are as soon as uh i uh actually figure out how to do this okay so uh we've got uh of course our brilliant brilliant moderators duncan styles and pixels of dawn gaming doing doing the lord's work mm, indeed we got bark bit in in the house Booney 64, Bitstorm, Brock 101, Buck Owens, Cobrian's here, Commander Root, Edvin Helland, uh, Frodo NL, Gary Heather is in the in the house. Jigglebox here with us. We got quite the crowd tonight. We got Graham NCFC, Hamo One, Hermsky, L Curtis B, Mitsuyama, Mr. Cola. Olav Hope is with us, Picard 2010, R-Typer, Reek, Real Refi, Rimastino, Still Adolescing, The Slow Norris, Thicker, VNK, Vigoro Pros, Wing Chun Wolf, and Wishbone. Man, Thank you guys so much. Big crowd today. Holy yeah, smoke. Yeah. Um, we do record every Friday at 5. Uh, so that's five Eastern. That's five hurricane time. You can Google that. Just say, what time is it in hurricane West Virginia right now? And how does that coordinate with my position? That's probably the most efficient way to Google that question. And, uh, you can find out what time it is in your neck of the woods. I think that pixels at dawn has actually pinned a message to the amigos podcast channel on our discord that allows you to precisely calculate what time five o'clock in hurricane West Virginia is wherever you live in the world. So you can check that out. <laughs> That's at your creepy. Leisure. <laughs> um, and just a, a final reminder that if you want to become more involved with the amigos community and join the fun on the discord, you can either support us on Twitch, support us on Patreon as little as a dollar a month gets you access to the discord and all the great chat, the high score competitions that are going on and four bucks a month, Aaron, that's just a dollar an episode. A dollar an episode gets you a sweet magnet at the end of the year, mm. plus some other perks. So uh, avail yourself of the choices over at patreon.com slash amigos podcast. Yeah, man. All right, Aaron. Next week, we're playing trolls. It's going to be a good time. We'll see you guys then. Until then. Adios. Adios.